Welcome to another inspiring message recorded at Thrive Church, a church passionate about moving people towards Jesus. Wow. Wow, thank you. Thank you, that's very kind of you. Good morning, Thrive Church. So good to be here with you. Um, just really an immense honor and a privilege. Thank you so much, Pastor Byron. And you know what? I just want to take a moment to honor your pastors, Pastor Byron and Pastor Candace. And I know you know this. I've said this to the ladies on Friday night, but you are blessed with some of the most exceptional pastors and leaders on this planet. Amen. They are phenomenal. And um, I think you need to join me in honoring Pastor Byron and Pastor Candace this morning. But not only that, not only that, you are blessed with an amazing church. Seriously, Edenvale this morning and Boxburg now, the, the presence of God is here. God is moving. God is doing something. And I thought that even before I saw Dusana's clip in the first service, amen, but I have to echo what she says. You know, if I lived on the East Rand, this is where I would plant myself and my family. Can I get an amen? Amen. So, so my best advice to you this morning is to just get planted, get stuck in, pour your life, your time, your talent, your treasure into this place, get behind what God is doing in this church through Pastor Byron and Candace, and see where your life will go. Can you say amen? Amen. And so Dean and I just also want to say we are so grateful for your friendship. Uh, you guys are phenomenal, and we are truly honored to call you our friends and to do life and ministry with you guys, so thank you so much. And you're not allowed to sit yet, because <laughs> you have been standing for a while, and so I'm quickly going to show you a photo of my kids, if you've not yet seen it. So that's Dean, he was here, we'll move along. And... Um, James and Daniel are in the back. Uh, they're the twins. They're 16 years old. Jude in the front with me, he's um, 12. And Abigail is 9. And, um, you know, most sane people stop having children after they have a set of twins. Think about it. How many people do you know who've had kids after twins? Not many, you know, because that's what sane people do. However, I have a husband who's a man of faith in Haisni Bangni. And so we just kept going, and um, so we are really blessed, grateful for our four kids, but we do have an incredibly busy household, but we also have a very loud and very noisy household. So when you pray tonight, will you pray for our neighbors as well? Because <laughs> they need Jesus, amen. Do you see Abigail? That's why. <laughs> So Abigail and Caleb are the same age, and Jude and Caitlin is the same age. So who knows? The, 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 the four parents are kind of on the same page, yeah? No, just joking. Hey, before we pray um, and go to the Word, I just want to share with you um, a, the story about a lady, an elderly woman. And she had just returned to her home from a church service when she was startled by a burglar. And as she caught the man in the act of robbing her home, she yelled, stop, Act 238, which is the verse that says, turn from your sin. And so the burglar stopped dead in his tracks. The woman calmly called the police and explained what she had done. The police came over 
And as the police officer cuffed the man to take him in, he asked the burglar, why did you just stand there? All she did was yell scripture at you. Scripture, replied the burglar. She said she had an axe and two thirty-eights. <laughs> the power of the word, amen? Amen. Amen. Hey, why don't you put your hand on your heart and let's pray and commit the word to God. Father, what a joy to be in your presence today, worshiping you together with our family. And Father, we are, our hearts are open this morning, Lord, to receive from you. Will you speak to every single one of us, Lord, beyond the words that get spoken from this platform? Will you meet us right where we're at? Holy Spirit, we ask that you have your way in this meeting. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people with faith said, Amen. 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 Thank you. You may be seated. Now, as we start this morning, I want to share with you a story of a man. And we don't know what his name is, except that his story represents the story of many like him. We also don't know many details about him, except that in all likelihood, he was a very ordinary man, an ordinary person like you and I. Uh, we can safely assume that he grew up like the other Jewish boys around him, going to school, learning the Torah, the Word of God. As he grew up, he would have taken on his father's trade. Perhaps he was a farmer or a fisherman, maybe even a carpenter. He probably got married and had children and worked hard to provide for his family. Life was not easy back then. It was tough, but they had each other. Then he realized one day that his feelings of tiredness were getting worse. He realized that the aches and pains in his joints were becoming more severe. He tried to dismiss it. It was probably nothing. Maybe he was just working too hard. No point telling anyone else. They would just worry unnecessarily. But slowly, over time, he noticed that white, dry patches of scaly skin started appearing on his hands, his arms, his face. And eventually, he couldn't hide it anymore. He couldn't cover up. He couldn't stop lying. He had to stop lying to himself because he knew that he had it. He had the dreaded, incurable disease of leprosy. There was the pain of having to tell his family and friends. He had to say goodbye. He had to pack his bags. He had to leave. And though they didn't see it, say it, he could see it in their eyes, in the way that they carefully backed away from him, making sure that they didn't touch him. He knew what they were thinking. They were wondering what terrible sin he had committed to be facing God's punishment like this. Because everybody knew, didn't they? Everybody knew that only the worst of sinners got struck by this curse of God. And so clearly he was not a man deserving of anyone's pity or sympathy. He was a man deserving of God's judgment and damnation. No human being would ever touch him again. 
And so he had to leave everything he had ever known, everyone he had ever loved, everything he had ever worked for, he had to leave it behind. And he had to, from then on, everywhere he walked, he had to shout in a loud voice, unclean, unclean, so that others could hear and get away from him, so that he wouldn't contaminate him, them. He wouldn't contaminate them. Then over time, the white scaly patches turned into big ugly lumps all over his body and on his face making him unrecognizable. Those lumps eventually burst open into oozing sores and wounds with a dreadful smell about it. The stench of death surrounded him. His eyebrows fell off. His vocal cords became so full of ulcers that his voice became raspy and he's breathing heavy and wheezy. He lost all touch and feeling in his fingers and his toes, which meant that he cut and burnt and damaged himself without realizing it. And septicemia and gangrene set in. He was hideous to look at. He was dying in the most excruciating way. And he was completely separated from anyone who had ever loved him. Then one day, he heard rumors in the leper's camp. There's a man, they say, a man who can heal people, blind people, lame people. There's even some far-fetched story about water being turned into wine. He heard the rumors. Some were saying, is he a teacher? Is he a prophet? Maybe he is even the Messiah the deliverer that Israel is waiting for. And a little bit of desperate hope jumped into the leper's heart. Could this man heal him? Could this man reunite him with his family? He didn't know, but he had to try. He knew it would be dangerous. The townspeople would not be happy to see a leprous man in his midst, in their midst. Most likely, they would forcibly try to chase him out of town. He had to try. He had to go and ask him. Because this man, Jesus, was his only hope. Luke 5 verse 12 and 13 says this. In one of the villages, Jesus met a man with an advanced case of leprosy. When the man saw Jesus, he bowed with his face to the ground, begging to be healed. Lord, he said, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. You know, church, this story is only two verses long in the Bible, yet it is such a powerful reminder to you and I that, of who Jesus is and why we can place our full trust in Him. Can you say amen? You know, it doesn't matter what we are facing today. It doesn't matter what the difficulties are that are staring us in the face. Jesus is able and willing 
to help. And that's why I so loved what Pastor Byron said this morning. We didn't compare notes beforehand. But he said that Jesus understood and Jesus is willing to undertake for you and I. Amen. And so this morning, I just want to encourage all of us with a few thoughts around the title, Yes, God can and God will. Yes, God can and God will. And I love the opening. I love the fact that Pastor Byron spoke about this Jesus being the Son of Man saying in there that He is, knows us, but He's also the Son of God. Because Jesus is God. And when Jesus came to earth, He showed us what God is like, what His nature is like physically. And in John 10, we read this, Jesus said, I and the Father are one. And in Colossians 1 verse 15, we are reminded that Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. Jesus is God. And we, when we look at Him, when we look at what He did in the Bible, what He said, we can then see God's heart for us. And so this morning, the first thing we see from the story between Jesus and the leper is we see that God is a God of compassion. God is a God of compassion. Now, you know, to have compassion simply means to have sympathy and concern for the well-being of someone else. And can I remind us this morning that we worship a personal, relational God that cares deeply about us. Amen. In this passage, we just read that Jesus reached out and touched the man, the leper. Now, that was a shocking thing to do. I, I, I imagine a gasp, a rippling through the, the crowd when they saw him reach out and touch a leper. It was unheard of, especially for a religious teacher. I mean, first of all, think about it. You'd be worried that you catch the same thing as what he has, right? But secondly, as I've said earlier, lepers were seen as unclean sinners that have been cursed by God. And if you then went and touched someone like that, that means that you became unclean as well. And then you had to go through this whole ceremonial cleansing ritual in order to become clean again in the sight of God. This man had advanced leprosy, which meant that he was hideous to look at, let alone to touch. And think about it. Jesus could, healed him, could have healed him without touching him. I mean, there's lots of other examples in the Bible where Jesus just spoke the word, and people were healed. But instead, he chose to reach out and touch the leper. And you know, it wasn't just one of those quick taps. Jesus tapped the leper and said, I am willing. No, the word that Luke uses, the Greek word that Luke uses is the word haptomai. And it's a word that means to fasten to or to lay hold of. In other words, Jesus grabbed hold of this leper and said, I am willing to heal you. Why? Because he had compassion on him. Amen. Mark records the same incident in his gospel, and he says this, chapter 1, moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and touched him. Jesus was moved with compassion by all the suffering that this man had gone through. 
He cared deeply for him. And you know what, church, so often when we go through really bad times in our lives, when we feel overwhelmed by what is happening to us, it's so easy for us to get to a place where we go, God, where are you? Why don't you care about me? Why aren't you doing something? Do you even see what I'm going through? Are you even real? Can I remind you, God sees you and God has compassion on you. Amen. Amen. Psalm 103, David says, The Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. God cares deeply for you and I. God hears every prayer that we pray. Whether it is about some big life-threatening situation or whether it is simply about the deep desires of our heart. God hears and God cares. I came across this true story about a pastor who had a kitten. And one day this kitten climbed up a tree in his backyard. And as kittens do, this thing would not come down. It was scared. And the pastor tried everything to get this kitten to come down. Put some milk down at the base, some tasty treats. This kitten would have none of it. Now, unfortunately, the tree was not strong enough for the pastor to climb. But the kitten was just out of reach for the pastor to get to. So what to do? So the pastor decided to tie a rope to the tree and to the back of his car. And so he thought that if he can just drive a bit forward with a car, he will start bending the trunk over till it's at a level where he can just grab hold of the kitten. So that's what he did. And um, every few meters, he would stop the car, he would get out, he would check, no, too high, so he would go a bit further. Eventually, he thought he's almost there. He just needs to drive a little bit further. But as he did that, the rope broke. The tree went boing, and the kitten flew through the air, out of sight. Pastor felt terrible. He walked through that neighborhood, knocking on doors. Had anyone seen his kitten? No one had seen his kitten. Eventually, he just prayed, Lord, I commit this kitten into your care. And he went on with his life. What could he do? Then a few days later, he went to the grocery store. And he ran into one of his church members. And as he was chatting to her, he kind of glanced in her trolley and he noticed that she had cat food in her trolley. Knowing that she hated cats, he asked her, well, why are you buying cat food when you hate cats so much? And she replied, you won't believe this. <laughs> so she told him how her little girl Megan had been begging her for a cat. And she kept on saying no. And then a few days earlier, this little girl had begged her mom again for the cat. And so the mom said, look, if God gives you a kitten from heaven, <laughs> you can keep it. So now you know what happened, right? <laughs> she said this. She said to the pastor, I watched my little girl go out in the yard, get on her knees, and ask God for a kitty cat. And really, pastor, you won't believe this. <laughs> but I saw it with my own eyes. 
a kitten suddenly came flying out of the blue sky with its paws spread out and landed right in front of her. God cares and God hears. Amen. 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 You know what, church? Tonight, this morning, you might be trusting God for something a little bit bigger and more serious than a kitten. Or perhaps you are just here this morning and you just need to be reminded that God loves you and that He sees you. And in Isaiah 49, God says this. He says, Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. Even if it's possible for a mom to forget her child, God will never forget us. And God will never forget to care for us. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. Secondly, this story with a leper reminds us that God is all-powerful. God is all-powerful. You know, we don't serve a weak God that loves us and cares for us, but is unable to help us. We serve the creator of the universe. We serve the one that spoke the galaxy into being. Nothing is too hard for him. Amen. And you know, interestingly enough, when the leper came to Jesus, he didn't ask Jesus, are you able to heal me? He didn't ask, are you, are you, have you got enough power to help me? He asked if Jesus was willing because the power of Jesus was never in question. His power was clearly undeniable. And this is what God says in Jeremiah, the prophet Jeremiah 32 says about God. He says, Our oh Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. There is nothing too difficult or too wonderful for you. You know, in boxing, there is a term that is used to describe someone who completely dominates his weight category and someone who has beaten every opponent that has tried to challenge him for the title. And such a person is referred to as the undisputed champion of the world. When it comes to describing God, I think it's very apt to refer to Him as the undisputed champion of the universe. Amen. And God Himself reminds us in Jeremiah 50, He says, For who is like me? Who can challenge me? What ruler can oppose my will? Amen. There is no power on earth or under the earth or in heaven that can challenge the power of God. There is nothing too big or too difficult for God. There is no sickness or no disease or no financial situation that is too far gone that God cannot reach and make a difference in there. Can you say amen? Jesus reminds us in Luke 18, He says, The things that are impossible with people are possible for God. And I don't know about you, but I take such comfort this morning knowing that God is all-powerful, that nothing in my life is too difficult for Him to work and sort out. Amen. He has more power than we will ever need in our lifetime. And so, yes, God can and God will because He's a God of compassion and He is all-powerful. But thirdly, 
God is sovereign. And you know, when we say God is sovereign, we mean that He is the supreme authority and everything is under His control. Simply means God is in charge and He knows He's the one that decides what to do, when to do it, and how to do it because He knows best. And you know, I'm sure the man with leprosy started praying already when he saw the white patches of skin appearing on his arms. And I'm pretty sure by the time those lumps started coming out, he was furiously and desperately praying for a miracle. Now, when he first started praying, did God hear his prayers? Absolutely. When he furiously started praying for the lumps, Was God able to heal him then? Absolutely. But God didn't. Why? Because God is sovereign and he knew what he wanted to do in that man's life and through that man's life in his timeline. Amen. You know, I don't know about you, but when I hit bad times, I think it's natural for all of us to start praying desperate prayers, right? We want God to fix our problem, not now, yesterday. And we tell God exactly how we want Him to fix it. But God is not a genie in a lamp. We don't get to tell God when, what, how, and where. And so often, I think you've probably noticed by now, God does not answer our prayers in the way we think He should. And that does not mean that God does not love us. And that does not mean that He does not care or that He is unable to help us. But He is sovereign. And um, during World War II, a U.S. Marine was separated from his unit on a Pacific island. And the fighting had been intense. And in the smoke and the crossfire, this Marine got separated from the rest of his team, his platoon. And so alone in this jungle in the Pacific, he could hear the, 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 the enemy soldiers going through the bushes looking for him. And so he scrambled to find somewhere to hide. So he kind of climbed up a ridge. There were some caves there. And so he went and hid in one of those caves. But he knew it was just a matter of time before the soldiers actually made their way up there and found him in the cave. And so while he was in there lying and waiting, he prayed. He said, Lord, if it is your will, please protect me. Whatever your will, though, I love you and trust you. Amen. And after praying, he just lay there listening. And he could hear the enemy soldiers still coming closer and closer. And he thought, well, I guess the Lord isn't going to help me out of this one. And as he was lying there, he noticed that a spider was starting to spin a little web by the opening of the cave, strand after strand, he could hear the enemy soldiers and he's just watching this spider spinning a web. Ha, he thought, what I need is a brick wall and what the Lord has sent me is a spider web. God does have a sense of humor. (laughs) And as the enemy drew closer, he watched from his hiding place and he could see them checking cave after cave. And then for some reason, They kind of glanced in his cave's direction and he just wandered and they just walked on. And that's when he realized that with the spider web in front, it looked like no one had been in that cave for ages. 
And so he had to pray and say, Lord, forgive me. I had forgotten that in you a spider's web is stronger than a brick wall. Can you say amen? Amen. God is sovereign and he knows what is best for us. He knows what we need and when we need it. And so where does that leave us this morning, church? Well, it leaves us with trust. We need to trust God. Number four, our job is to trust God. Our job is to trust God. When all is said and done, we are left with the job of trusting God. And you know, we don't trust God based on our feelings or on our circumstances or even our past uh, experiences. We trust God based on what the Word of God says. Because in the Word of God, He tells us who He is. The Word of God tells us that He is compassionate, all-powerful, and sovereign. And this is what Paul says in Philippians 4. He says, This same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from His glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20, it says, For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. You know, whatever happens to us, church, our first response needs to be trusting God. Our last response needs to be trusting God. But you know, it's very hard to trust someone who is a stranger. When God is a stranger to us, that is a very difficult place. We cannot trust Him. Think about it. How many strangers do you trust with your children? Will you go to Eastgate this afternoon, have a look around and go, you look like a nice man. Won't you look after my kids for half an hour while I go and do shopping? Anyone willing to do that this afternoon? No, I don't think so. Why? Because we don't know the stranger. But as we spend time with someone, as we hear their heart, as we converse with them, as we see them in action, slowly over time, our trust gets built into that person and we can place our trust in them. It's the same with God. As we spend time with Him daily in His Word, we get to know Him, we get to know His heart, our trust is built. That is the power of God's Word. And I came, a great, came across a great story about this. There's a man called Mr. Gaylord Kambarami. He was the general secretary of the Bible Society in Zimbabwe. And um, he shared this story um, with people. He said, in 1995, I went to the Murewa rural areas to distribute copies of the Shona New Testament. In one village, a headman refused to take it. He said he couldn't stand the Word of God. I said, why? And he said, because it pollutes people. So he refused to take it. So Mr. Kambarami said to him, listen, you know, you can take it for free. Just pass it on to someone else. It's okay. Just take the Bible. But the headman said he would only accept a copy of the New Testament if he was allowed to use the paper for smoking purposes. Because in the rural areas, you know, people use newspaper and whatever else they can find to roll their cigarettes. So Mr. Kambarami said, fine, you can do that on one condition, that you read each page before you smoke. So the man accepted this because he was literate, and Mr. Kambarami went off on his way. Then two years later, in 1997, 
Mr. Kambarami went back to the Marewa area, and they had a convention there under a big tent. And he was invited to speak, and so he got up and told the people about the power of the Word of God to change their lives. Now, the same man whom he had given the Bible to, the New Testament to, was in the audience. And before the closing of the service, this man stood up and said, Please let me say a few words to Mr. Kambarami. He was dressed smart in a suit, and Mr. Kambarami didn't recognize him. He said, This man doesn't remember me because when I last saw him, I was a drunkard. But he came to our village and persuaded me to take the Bible. I told him I would use the paper to roll cigarettes. But I promised to read each page before doing so, which I did. So I smoked my way through Matthew. And I smoked the whole of Mark 2. Then I smoked Luke. I started smoking John. But when I came to John 3.16, a light shone in my face. And now I am a church-going person. I saw the light. Church, that is the power of God's Word. Amen. The power of God's Word to build trust in our lives. Proverbs 30 verse 5 says, Every word of God proves true. Every word. He is a shield to all who come to Him for protection. And as I come to a close today, Charles Spurgeon was a great preacher who lived in the 1800s in England. And he said this, We cannot always trace God's hand, but we can always trust God's heart. And so church, this morning, we might not always understand why the things happen to us as they do. Often, life does not make sense. But we can always trust that God is a compassionate God, that He loves us, that He cares for us, that He is all-powerful, that He will intervene in our situation, and that He is sovereign. He will do it at the right time. Can you say amen? Amen. Won't you close your eyes with me this morning? And Father, I just thank You for every single person here this morning. I thank You that You have got great plans and purposes and possibilities for their lives, Lord. Father, I thank You that nothing in our lives is too difficult or too far gone for You not to breathe resurrection life into it. And so I pray for those people today who are facing life-threatening illnesses, crippling, debilitating diseases. I pray for those with cancer. I pray for those with lupus. I pray for those with diabetes. I pray for those with all the other autoimmune diseases, heart conditions. Father, You know. And Jesus, right now, I pray, reach out and touch them because You are willing and You are able. And we thank You for that, that You care. Pray for every person here facing financial difficulty. I pray that you would help them to place their full trust in you. That as they trust you with their finances, as they do finances God's way, that you would open door upon door of opportunity for them to see their lives turned around and their families move forward. 
I pray for those who are stuck in difficult marriages, who have issues with their children. They are losing hope. Right now, Father, I pray that You would breathe fresh hope, fresh life into those situations. Thank You, Lord, that nothing is ever too far gone, too big, too difficult for You not to make a complete difference. We commit them to You in Jesus' Name. Amen. And then church, I'm going to ask you to keep your eyes bowed and your eyes closed and your heads bowed. And I want to ask you, if you have made a decision to give your life to Jesus, are you following Him as your Lord and Saviour? Are you living your life for His glory and His purposes? If you're not, why wouldn't you? You know, so many of us here have spent too many years trying to do life our own way, our own little plans, our, our own way of getting to success and relationships. But in the end, we all come to a place where we realize it's for naught. We are left empty and hopeless and despondent, realizing that it's only when we serve Jesus that everything else gets added to our lives as well. And so this, mor this morning, if you give your life to Jesus, your life will not be rainbows and roses tomorrow. That's not what I'm saying. We live in a fallen world. The struggle is real. But two things you can be guaranteed of if you give your life to Jesus today. Number one, your destiny, your eternity will be secure in God with hev in heaven. Amen. You will know that if you die today, you will have a place in heaven with God as a child of God. But secondly, you will also have the assurance that every moment of every day in this life, you will have the Almighty God, Creator of the universe, walking with you every step of the way, giving you wisdom and guidance, opening doors for you, changing your life as you keep on turning to Him. Why would you not accept Jesus Christ this morning? And so if that is you today, I want to say a prayer with you to make right with God. And I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to stand up or come to the front or say anything out loud by yourself. Nothing like that. Simply where you are, if that is you today, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand when I count to three. I will see it, acknowledge it. You can put it down and we're going to pray together. If you need to give your life to Jesus today, do so now. One, two, three, raise your hand. Say, yes, that's me. Yes, I need Jesus. Yes, thank you over here. I see that hand. I'm not going to live life my way anymore. I need the forgiveness of Jesus in my life. Anyone else this morning saying yes? Yes, thank you over there. I see that hand. Don't leave here today not being right with God. We don't know. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you over there. We don't know what the future holds, but we know that God will hold us if we choose to let Him. One last call as we pray. Thank you over there. Amen. Church, let's pray together. And I'm going to pray for us as, uh, as we commit these people to God. Father, I thank you for every person who had raised their hand this morning saying they need you. Lord, will you come into their lives? Will you forgive them of their sins? Thank you that Jesus Christ died on the cross so that they can be forgiven. Will you wash them clean? Will you give them a fresh start? Will you make their spirit alive to your spirit? We know that we are asking according to your word. And so we thank you for that. That from today, their lives will be different. Their destinies are different. Things are going to change because you are their Lord and Savior. We commit them into your care. 
in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Come church, let's give God a hand for those people. Fantastic. We hope you have been blessed and helped by this message. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.thrivechurch.co.za.